Welcome to the Moving Up Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Wilson, and I'm here to dish out practical advice through experience to help you elevate your business and your life. I'm the owner and CEO of the Wilson Group Real Estate Services here in Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to be covering a variety of topics in real estate, and you'll also be hearing from expert leaders in the personal development and entrepreneurship communities. So pull up a seat because we're about to have a lot of fun. It's time for you to move up. Hey, Heather. Hey, Christy. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you today? Doing well. I thought we would talk today about expectations. Let's do. Let's talk about it. Okay. So expectations are everywhere. We have expectations, not only at work, but, you know, with our significant others, spouses, kids, colleagues, employees, they're everywhere and people have them on us. So narrowing it down, I think today's conversation would be great to talk about expectations for buyers and sellers. And then as realtors in the industry, expectations with each other and what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. Sounds good. So in the world of real estate, I am going to look back. Oh, I don't know, Heather, maybe 10, 12 years ago during the recession, Back at that time, many of us who were in the business were carrying probably 30 to 40 listings at any given time. It was very different back then. And there was a lot of expectations for someone to sell your house in a market where things weren't selling. And you kept your houses on the market for months. And so one thing about expectations is you have to communicate. Communication is the key. I agree. In in all of that. And back then, I created a communication log, really, which gave me something to talk about to my sellers every week because it was so difficult because nothing was happening. Right. Right. And so many realtors have had to deal with a seller's expectation because they've had a bad experience in the past with realtors where they say, you know, why am I paying a realtor so much? Because all they do is stick a sign in the yard. Then they go away until they get a contract. Right. And I can say this at the Wilson Group Real Estate (laughs) Services, that is not how we operate at all. I know this for a fact because I train our agents. We under promise and over deliver and clear, concise communication is critical in managing the expectation. I, 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 I can say that in the training that I received many years ago at the at the Wilson Group when I first started was going through the list of the touch points. Mm-hmm. So that was so important to hear. In a transaction, there's about 80 different times at minimum that you're going to be communicating, contacting, relaying information back and forth. That's right. 80. And actually, I taught a class on that. I thought it was 80 and it ended up being like 104. I mean, the list just keeps growing, especially in this frenetic market that we're in. But managing that expectation where you do under-promise and over-deliver and follow a checklist of things when you're working with your seller to make sure, and I've already said this, that they're communicate with and that you are as transparent as you can be in what you're doing for your client, right? So, I mean, down to letting them know when the sign goes in the yard, when the lockbox goes on the door, what happens after that? How are they going to be notified of all showings? I mean, these are all very basic things that every realtor should be doing, right? But then once they're showings, how often are you going to give them feedback? 
Is it going to be immediate? Are you going to communicate with them once a week? You know, and the market itself also dictates a lot of times how you're going to communicate Mm -hmm. and what that expectation will look like. But you really shoot yourself in the foot if you come out the gate telling your sellers you're going to do all of these things and then you don't. And if you're not calling or communicating with your client and they call you first, guess what? You lose. Right. If they're having to call you to follow up with what's going on with their listing when they've hired you and are paying you to take care of all that, to take all the stress off of it. It's very stressful Mm -hmm. to sell your home. Those sellers typically, not only are they selling their home, they're trying to buy something else or move out of the city or something. So take that seriously. Right, right. And always follow up. I know we're big on phone calls. But like we have said before, follow up with an email. That's right. Follow up with an email. And also in that communication process, talk to your client and ask them, how do they like to be communicated with? I know some of my clients, they just prefer the text. They just want texts. Some just want emails. Some prefer the phone call. So I always want to listen to how they like to communicate. And then because, you know, communication on text and email loses all emotion. There's no tonality. It's very hard to decipher sometimes what's really being said. If communication starts going sideways in your uh, dealings with your client, pick up the phone and call. Nothing alleviates an issue more quickly than a phone call. I agree. Yeah. Let's talk about what expectations look like in this market. Good question. (laughs) Buyers and sellers. Yeah. So we'll start with sellers. Right now, it's challenging because pricing, you know, we had our pricing podcast Mm -hmm. and we are of the mindset that you price for what the legitimate value of the property should be and then let the market tell you if it's going to be higher. If you're going to create that energy for a, a bidding war or a competitive situation, and you're going to know that very quickly, like we talked about, in typically the first four days. Mm-hmm. So setting that expectation with your client by pricing quickly is imperative. And a lot of times that seller will say to me, well, if the Joneses down the street got 750000 I know mine must be at least 750000 And that may or may not be the case. The Joneses house was worth six hundred. But someone from somewhere else who had been looking for three months, it checked all the boxes and they had the money to put over it to make it go up that high. The Joneses' houses, house could have just been an outlier. Right. So setting that expectation with the seller on what the market value really is and not saying, well, if they got that, you should get that. That can set you up for disaster because now you're communicating to them, I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was talking about. That really was an outlier. And I didn't give these other comps enough credence there, enough legitimate viability to be what yours would be selling for. So setting the expectation on pricing, but really setting the expectation as well. If you know you've got your house priced right and you're going to put your house on the market on, say, a Thursday Mm -hmm. and show it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with all offers due on Monday at 10 a.m., if that's the expectation, hold to that. Don't. I know a great offer could come in on Saturday, but if that great offer comes in on Saturday, something even better could come in on Sunday. And I would just really try to educate your client on why it makes sense to wait it out because you've already set the expectation with the market mm-hmm. that their home will be available to see all weekend long. Right. And I do appreciate that when people stick to what they've said in 
in the actual listing. Well, and we're going to talk about buyers as well, but that also that that's an expectation set for the buyer saying, mm-hmm. okay, I actually have time to think about this and get my offer prepared on Sunday evening. And you've set the expectation with the other agents in the marketplace. They may have three or four other buyers that they're working with that weekend. And even though we want our clients to think they're our, they're our only client we're working with, we really want you guys to feel that way. But we oftentimes are juggling, it may be three clients, it may be 25 clients. You know, it, it you don't know how many clients that other agent is juggling that weekend or that week or that day, whatever. So when you say that you're going to be showing your house for those four days, stick to it. Yeah. You know, and, and it makes you look better as an agent. It Your respect level goes up higher and the communication back to the other agent is so critical too. Right. Right. But you've been working with a lot of buyers, young lady. I have. So let's talk about how you're setting expectations with buyers. So really just educating them on the market, letting them know kind of what I've seen in the area with listings that I've had and the offers that I've received in the last probably four to six weeks. And then explaining that to them. I have some first-time home buyers right now. And so I've really spent a lot of time just kind of laying out what the market looks like in the particular area that they are looking in. So they've come in and they kind of know what to expect. And I will say that, you know, we've we've gotten really lucky. We've not gotten every home just yet. But the agents, the listing agents that we've worked with have been great about just giving us some feedback. And so I've been able to pass that along to my clients. And that's helping manage their expectations. And so, again, communication, extracting that information from the listing agent, even if we didn't win, and then relaying that back to my clients so that they're kind of building up their knowledge to move forward. How many offers have you written for these clients so far? A total of four. Total of four. Are they feeling the buyer fatigue that we keep hearing about? They or that are. We, that we know? They are. They are. And they have a loan. Um, and we have some contingencies that we just cannot remove due to the circumstances. So the deals that we've lost have been to cash buyers. Sure. Um, we're at a popular price point. And so in brings even more cash buyers than it would maybe at a different price point. So that is kind of what we're up against. And I keep telling them it's going to happen for you. There's not a cash buyer every single day. We've just run across some popular properties. So I keep telling them, hang in there. This is going to work out. We're going to find the perfect place for you. That's right. I'm proud to be on the Founders Advisory Board of Studio Bank. Let me tell you a little bit about them. Studio Bank is passionate about what their members create, and they're here to support you through the process. They provide capital and services to build businesses. They offer mortgage and home loan options, whether you're a first-time homebuyer or purchasing your fifth home. They work with artists to reach their audiences. They help nonprofits transform the community. And often the most important work they do is simply empowering individuals to pursue their dreams. They're here because what you create matters. Let's create something together. Visit studiobank.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 1761767. That reminds me of something too, Heather, that you're talking about when you're talking about, I love the word extracting the information. We oftentimes, too, in order to manage expectation, have to extract information from our clients. There's something about real estate and all realtors, if you've been in it for two years or more, you will have seen this, where you have the most sane human being 
ever who you're representing either as a buyer or seller. And then during that home buyer sell process, they go crazy. And, and I get it. It's you take your biggest purchase you'll probably ever make. So there's a lot of money. You're trying to balance logic and emotion because there's a lot of emotion that goes on in a mm-hmm. home purchase. That's not investment property. That's a purchase for your home. And then the stress of moving and all the changes that come along with that. And it's like you put those three elements in a mason jar and you shake it up and nothing can come out but crazy. Yeah. You know, just the craziness comes <laughs> yeah. out. I've seen it time and time again. So in the management of the expectation, a good realtor will understand that your client has so much going on yeah. and it's so critical for us to be able to identify what's causing the crazy for them and help soothe that. Mm-hmm. I know I've had clients break down in tears and, and you get down, you know, you start peeling the skin back on the onion and you realize what their, what, what the trigger is, what right. the, that, what that stress overload is. And that helps us so much as agents to be able to, to soothe them and help reassure them or provide them guidance that perhaps we missed and didn't give to them. Right. Right. So it's, this is on expectation, but in order to, ha- to maintain proper expectations, we really have to listen. Yes. That's what I was going to say about um, buyers. I feel like the longer I've been in this, the less talking I do and the more listening. That's right. Because the questions I ask, they'll give me answers, but it's when I really let them just talk that I really get the answers and I get the reasoning behind it. And sometimes when you listen to the full story, it may lead you in a different direction with how you help them. It's amazing too, how the tr- the real story finally comes out. Mm-hmm. I'm working with some folks right now. And every time we get together, we haven't listed their home yet, but there's just another snippet and then another snippet. I'm going, okay, this is all starting to make sense. And that's another thing. When you go into list a home cold, it's a referral. They don't know you yet. You really do have to build up that trust and make sure that they know that you're a safe place, that everything they tell you is confidential and you truly, truly, truly have their best interest at heart. You want a successful transaction for them to be as low stress. The, the classic, you want to get them the most money in the least amount of time with the least amount of hassle. That is true. Yeah. That is 100% true. But our clients have to help us too. And, and so we have to be excellent listeners to be able to get that intel. I agree. Let's talk about expectations working with other agents. I know we touched on that a few minutes ago when we talked about if you say you're going to collect offers on Sunday evening with a response on Monday, hold to that. But what are there some expectations between cooperating agents? So um, as many people know, usually what we see is a buyer's agent representing the buyer and a listing agent representing the seller. And we work together for a successful closing for our clients. And I used to think this was just common sense stuff, but apparently it's not anymore. Returning a phone call, mm-hmm. returning a text, returning an email, communicating with the other agent. Look guys, I know you're all busy. We're all busy. The market is crazy, but you're never too busy to respond to a text to say, I'll get back to you later this evening. Or if you don't can't respond to someone that day, at night, before you shut it down, just boom, 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 boom. Go through all those texts, those emails. Communicate and let them know. You know, if you've got a hot property, right? make sure, yes, we have seven offers right now. We are holding true to showing it through Sunday. Or no offers, please bring one. 
it's just, it benefits your client Mm -hmm. and the expectation of the client is that you're communicating with the other agent. So then there's that piece where you go under contract and then sometimes agents go MIA. They're totally missing in action and you're trying desperately to keep the deal together. But let's say I'm representing the seller and the buyer's agent, maybe it's a part-time agent Mm -hmm. and they have a job where they can't be on the phone during the day. A lot of stuff happens between eight and five, y'all. There's yes. not a there's not a part time. It's it's hard to do real estate part time. So you need to figure out if you're not available during the day. You need to have someone helping you with with your communication, right? And let people know that you're working with that. That's your situation. That's right. Yes. So I I think the expectation of the other agent is number one communication. Number two, a level of professionalism. We can't get our way every time. We don't get our way every time. I mean, it's a negotiation, right? Mm-hmm. It's a push and a pull. And right now, if you're the seller, luckily you're you're on more of a, a nice receiving end and the buyer's the one giving, giving, giving. You can't get mad at the other person. You know, you can get mad at a situation. Right. But guys, you're working together. This realtor that you're working with on the other end, chances are you're going to be working with them again. Don't burn a bridge. And even if you're dealing with a jerky agent, just try to let the water run off the duck's back on that one. You know, it's just, ugh. or maybe they're having a bad day. As I've gotten older, I realize nothing is ever about me. Yes. (laughs) You know, chances are (laughs) something's going on with them. Yeah. If they're having a bad day or, you know, they're stressed to the max or their kid just lost their scholarship. (laughs) Who knows what, what what, I'm just grabbing at straws there at what something could be, but give grace I think expectations also is giving grace on both sides, giving and receiving that. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, listening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Listening to them. Yeah. But I mean, we're very lucky in the middle Tennessee area. I think the majority of agents are wonderful to work with. And like any transaction, every now and then you have one that is a beast. You're just going, oh my God, how, how did I get into this? Right? Right. Right. But of the, 5% 5% of transactions, the other 95% are awesome. Yeah. You know, yeah. And the other agents are awesome. So you, it's hard sometimes just to keep on the, to be thinking about your positive transactions when you're engrossed in that negative transaction. Sure. A good friend of mine used to always say that thousands and thousands of planes take off and land every day safely. But when there's one plane that doesn't, and it, I mean, it just like consumes everything, it right? Does. And it's just like that in real estate transactions. I agree. I agree. Well, this was great. Yeah. So it's really good. I live and breathe expectations just in, in every part of my life as, as you do too, Heather. I mm-hmm. mean, you're a mother of four for goodness sakes yes. and dogs <laughs> yes. and probably are there cats and squirrels in the house too? One cat. One cat. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love Heather. Yeah. So I think three critical things on expectation always is to under promise and over deliver. Yes. Clear communication and not only clear communication, but understand and, and abide by how your client likes to communicate. But if it starts going off the rails, if they're a texter or a emailer only pick up the phone and have a conversation, mm-hmm. you got to get it back on the rails. And the only way you can do that is either an eyeball to eyeball conversation or a phone conversation. And then lastly, listen, dig deeper. If you have to dig deeper, peel back the skin of the onion, find out what the underlying trigger or thing is. If, if 
you don't feel like the expectations are being met. Yeah. Those are all great tips. Yeah. And one, I'm going to add one last thing. I know a lot of times, you know, all commissions are negotiable. And oftentimes I'm asked, will you negotiate your commission? And what I tell them is, no, I really don't negotiate my commission. I know what you are paying for, you will receive, and you will be so happy at the closing table. However, if your expectations aren't met, we will have a different conversation at the closing table if I haven't met your expectation. That's how confident I am that I'm not going to let my sellers down, my buyers down, and I've never had to cut my commission at the closing table. Now that's an expectation. That's an expectation. That is an expectation to live up to. (laughs) All I can say of that is cheers. That's right. (laughs) Cheers, Christy. Great to see you. This is a good one. Good to see you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. The Wilson Group Property Management Services specializes in managing your properties, including multifamily units and small commercial. We provide two levels of service full property management, which takes all the stress and hassle off of you, or tenant placement only, where we find the tenant and you, the owner, self-manage. Visit our website today at wilsongrouprealestate.com and click rent to learn more. Hey there, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to snap a screenshot of your podcast app on your phone, post it to your Instagram stories and tag at Podcast, and let us know your favorite takeaway from this episode.